overall, I just, uh, I am in love with the outdoors and am excited to get to talk about it today. That's senior Chad Nelson, and this week he and Azu Outdoor staff Ivan Snyder bring us the story of their trip to Rogers Pass, British Columbia, snow frolic weekend of last year. Buckle your seatbelts and get ready for a weekend of snow. I'm your host, Xander Culver, and you're listening to Trail Tales. start out. My name is Chad Nelson and I am a senior aviation management major here at Walla Walla University. I also have an associate's degree in business and I'm getting ready to graduate here as is Ivan. Yeah, um, it's getting close. got a little longer than me but uh, anyway I have been here for four years plus another year as a student missionary in Central Africa. And I'm Ivan Snyder. I am originally from Tennessee, so not as much snow like we're going to talk about today, but lots of outdoor activities. I did two years at Southern Adventist University and then took a year off and went to Germany for two months and then Indonesia for another seven months as a student missionary. After that, I came out here to Walla Walla and I've working, been working on finishing up my mechanical engineering degree. I'm getting pretty close to there. I think one more quarter after this. And Chad and I met when I got out here, and he asked me to work here at the tread shed. And oh, we met before that. Funny thing is, we met on on Instagram actually, and we uh, we instantly had a connection because we had both climbed Mount Rainier, and we had a couple of mutual friends from Southern. So uh, when I heard that Ivan was coming to Walla Walla, I was excited that we would have uh, another person that was interested in backcountry skiing and mountaineering. Absolutely, and. I think I actually applied for the job before I ever got out here and was a good friend with Chad before I ever met him. Yeah, we had to do a, an interview over email or something. So yeah, that's that's us. And then I think we can go a little bit into the story that happened around a wonderful thing we call snow frolic. Yeah, so we just we want to talk about this weekend that we had last uh, end of winter, basically. It, it started with the, the choice our destination started because uh, about four years ago I went to British Columbia with a couple other guys and we kind of started the tradition to do it that snow frolic weekend President's Day weekend where you have three days because there's no school on Monday and so we were carrying on this tradition to go to the Canadian Rockies for the long weekend. By long weekend that means I had classes until 2 p.m. on Friday and we both had classes yep. Tuesday morning. British Columbia is just a magical place. And so going Absolutely. from going from Walla Walla after a week of classes and then uh, driving late into the night and then waking up early the next morning and being in this uh, cold, icy place with the most beautiful mountains is just, it's like stepping into another world. What was it? We left at 2 p.m. and arrived somewhere around well after midnight. Yeah. And- yeah. Um, anyway, so we, we got there. Uh, our main destination was Rogers Pass, British Columbia. It's uh, just out of Revelstoke, just up the pass about half an hour, and it's a mecca 
for backcountry skiing. Um, so maybe this is a good time to answer what our favorite outdoor activity is. Ivan, what's yours? I, I think it's definitely become backcountry skiing. I learned how to ski so that I could take an avalanche safety course and just find a better way to get up into the mountains that I love so much. Yeah. Um, backcountry skiing's definitely on my list up there. I, I love a whole range of outdoor activities and I'm not like super good at any of them. Um, but I, I try to pursue each one a little bit and backcountry skiing is in my top three, I believe. Um, recently I got into paragliding this summer. Um, so I've been really into that, but I want to combine paragliding with backcountry skiing, um, to have double the fun. Anyway, um, he likes to fly a lot. <laughs> I love flying, but, uh, how Ivan said how he got into backcountry skiing a little bit. And I, you know, I had skied not a ton, but growing up I had skied. And then I realized that, wow, there is a lot more terrain out there and a lot of places off the beaten path that you can get to on backcountry skis and a lot of cool runs that you would never get to experience if you were just in the resort. Um, so then I took an avalanche course in Canada as well about seven or eight years ago. And that's kind of what got us into it. And I, I recommend for anybody that wants to get into backcountry skiing, um, find some people who are backcountry skiers, talk to them, quiz them about what gear to get, um, and then go out and take an avalanche course in the winter. Taking an avalanche course is a great place to start out. And really it's, it's necessary to start out safely. Absolutely. It's definitely, you realize that the mountains are extremely powerful and the snow is not something you want to mess with if you're not doing it in the right way. And I think just realizing how much danger there is and risk management is necessary to travel in the mountains during the winter. And it's something that I think taking an avalanche course definitely opened your eyes to so that you can more better appreciate the great outdoors that way. Right. And to, to actually look that up, you can look up an AST a level one class and that's what it's called for the United States or, or an air A I A R E. Yeah. is another option. So those are the two good levels. Um, so let's talk about the trip a little more. Um, this was just a, a fun boys trip and we didn't have a solid objective for the trip, uh, but we had some fun moments along the way. So we got to uh, Rogers pass that night. Yeah. And uh, what do we do the next morning? Well, the next morning we, uh, we were a little chilly that night, but we got up and just looking here at the pictures and our car was completely covered in snow the next morning and climbed out and, set up the stove on top of it, one of those little plastic containers that we had, and Chad got to work making his renowned steel cut oats. <laughs> and how cold was it? Oh, maybe five degrees. I don't know. Five, 10 degrees, something around that. We were just there in, um, yeah, so negative in Celsius. So we were there right across from the Rogers Pass Visitor Center in one of their um, camping lots, just sitting there um, watching all these honestly the most backcountry skiers i've ever seen um, in one place coming in getting permits they have a whole segmented area where they can they open up certain sections for skiing and snowshoeing and then other sections are closed for 
avalanche control and they rotate through those zones. Yeah. So this is probably, at least in North America, this is one of the most like controlled areas for backcountry skiing and also like probably the biggest concentration of amazing backcountry terrain. And we've, we've barely touched the surface. Yeah. Uh, and when, when we go to Canada, uh, you're already like tired out by the drive. And since we don't have a van, you know, even sleeping takes a little bit out of you. So we never uh, have hit any big objectives there. But for anybody who's interested, we were in the... Um, the Asulkin Valley? We did go to the Asulkin Valley. The first day, I believe, we were on... Yes. Uh, first day, no, first day we went to Asulkin Valley. And the second day was... Second day was Grizzly Shoulder and the Hermit area that are right behind the Rogers Pass Visitor Center area. And uh, both of those, you can get pretty quick access to really pretty alpine terrain. There's hiking there in the summer. I definitely would recommend. Um, but so, yeah, tell us about the Osulkan Valley a little bit. Yeah, so the Osulkan Valley, I mean, we had we did have one objective and we'd heard about this run called mushroom people. Chad had sent me some videos of it and essentially it's this massive boulder field. And when the snow packs up, you get all these little mushrooms, they call them. And some are little, some are bigger. Um, I think we found some spots where there were tracks going 20 foot, 30 foot drops, just like you see on the magazines out there. Yeah. And so we, I was three and a half miles to get there about. Yeah. Something like that. Seven miles round trip. And so if you think of backcountry skiing, it's definitely not a lot of runs. I think we did seven miles and maybe one and a half ish yeah, runs probably, that day. We probably got maybe 2,000 feet of skiing in vertical. Yeah. So, but yeah, that we found our way up between the avalanche chutes and found, followed the safest train we could find and got up there, played around on some of the pillows yeah we, we have some fun pictures of ivan um so unfortunately the mushroom people like it would be amazing if you had three feet of fresh powder but uh it was kind of like eight to 12 inches of sticky snow with a hard crust underneath that so it's not really it wasn't snow that you want to go hucking off of um but were, we, we still found we still found this other good area and got a cool got got just you know a couple turns at twilight and uh, it, just really beautiful being in that area I've been there before it's just kind of like a a dreamy area especially when it's a little bit foggy you oh. see some trees across the valley occasionally you get a glimpse up the valley of these other peaks and you just feel really isolated and exotic up there. But yeah, some of the, I mean, just the trees up there, there's the snow comes down so gently that it builds up and forms these things that almost look like old people that are hunched over. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful um, scene there with this extremely still um, and just, I mean, it's magical. It's, it is a little magical. So the second night, we got back, had some dinner and think we we're dressed up well. yeah and this again is it's like five degrees we're in a parking lot there's snow we're both wearing parkas we basically have to take all our gear out of the car in order to sleep in it which we slept in it for two nights i believe and then yeah. we had another arrangement for the last night but um yeah really cold so the first night we were like okay we'll get the nice air we cracked the windows a little bit i have it set up so you can do that 
And the second night, we were like, man, that was cold. Let's try to warm it up a little bit more. And this is... Well, Ivan's heater wasn't working okay, at the time true. either. I didn't have a heater in my car. So the first night, we, we survived, but we, we scraped the... Like in the morning, we had to scrape the ice off the inside of the windshield and then clean the snow off the outside. Um, so the second night, we decided, oh, we'll just crack the windows all the way up and see how that goes. And I don't know, what was it? 2 a.m., 3 a.m.? I think we just alternated who would wake up and hear the other person like struggling for a breath and then one of us would open a door but neither of us knew what was happening to each other until the next morning i just thought like oh why am i having such a hard time breathing but uh yeah we were just building up a bunch of carbon dioxide in the car and then getting waking up and feeling lightheaded and then having to open the door and you open the door it's like Yeah, you'd, you'd like Thank instantly, you if the other person hadn't woken up, you'd instantly hear them just like relax and they're breathing and then close the door and then the other one would wake up at some point. So uh, we, even in cold weather, keep those windows cracked. It's a good thing. Uh, so the next day, the first day it was, it was pretty cloudy. Um, the next day it was super oh, beautiful, it's gorgeous, all the super clouds. sunny. And this is when we went up just behind the visitor center. Um, you know, uh, we probably climbed up about 2,000. Yeah, around feet that. or so, Two and um, three miles. Yeah, and there was there. Probably you meet some French, cool people up there. Yeah, there were I think they people. were Quebecois, and um, I tried to speak to them with a little bit of oh, French were, that I know. And then you. they were, I think they were, what were they talking about? Donald Trump or something? Oh, something like that. But <laughs> yeah, we uh, we left it at that and looked at got a few suggestions of which way to ski down and. Saw one of the ridges. Do you remember that? What that one beautiful mountain was across the way with the, the knife edge? Uh, I think it might be Cheops. Okay. Might be I, we don't remember exactly yeah. which one, but just a future objective right terrain. there. And you see, you see tracks all over this terrain. Uh, there's some really dedicated backcountry skiers. Um, there's this guy I'd just like to mention. Oh, that's uh, Mount Sir Donald, I believe. Uh, that's the one. Um, in the Donald. summer, is there's a super scenic, long 5-4 ridge climb that you can do. And I haven't done it, but I would really love to. And that would just, the scenery and exposure would be incredible. Um, anyway, there's this guy from Rogers Pass named uh, Greg Hill, I believe. And he's famous in this area for doing, I think his record is 50,000 vertical feet on skis in 24 hours yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I just saw something about that recently. Crazy. So Travels everywhere in his electric car. Yeah, he's all uh, uh, carbon-free. So it Just interesting fun fact about Revelstoke and Rogers Pass. Um, yeah, so we got up to the top of this and we decided we saw this... Uh, uh, safe avalanche shoot to go down um, and the snow was actually really nice yeah so we we had fun going down that but i think that well, yeah right before that i was i mean i've had my boots for a long time and transitioning from climbing to ski mode has never been a problem except for at the top of this climb we got up there and all of a sudden they just wouldn't lock in place and so i was really confused um trying to figure out what was going on, eventually took one boot off and essentially it was just blowing air at the back thing because like the metal had frozen in place. Um, learn, keep the boots in the car, not in the rocket box overnight. All right. 
and that would be a decently big deal to get stuck out there with your boots uh, with one of them in walk mode because it has no stiffness in the cuff then. And so, you know, if you go try to ski that, it just throws your weight back and your feet out in front of you. You have no control. So it would be really hard to get down. I think I actually managed to get Chad to uh, help me out on the second boot without having to take it off. So I think I leaned over or something and he bent down somehow. Blew on it or something? Yeah, I had my boot (laughs) like lifted up and was melting the ice from my other boot. And then we hit it off and had a great experience going down. One of of the steepest runs I've been on. And Yeah, it was pretty steep. Um, And I was still, I had a new pair of skis, so I was kind of getting used to them. And, you know, I I wasn't putting too much style out there. But uh, we got down, we had... It, had a blast again it's just the the beauty of being in that place is is amazing um and then we went up another nearby slope yeah. and did another run that evening um and it's always so satisfying at the end of a day of backcountry skiing especially a bluebird day to be heading out you know the bottom of some valley looking up mm-hmm. at the mountains with the alpine glow they're starting to turn pink and uh it's just like you feel i think we made it back to the and it was just turning red everywhere. Yeah, got it was everything in the car and just driving, and you just see peak after peak after peak, and they're all just flaming. Um, so yeah, that was great. We went over to Tim Hortons, I think, after that. Oh yeah, we always get excited about Tim Hortons in Canada. I I don't know why. I mean, it's not. It's just like a when you're college kids experience. on a road trip. It's kind of the the it's, best comfort food there. So yeah. Little donut holes, Timbits. So after the backcountry skiing, where did we go? I think we started heading, heading back south. Um, met up with some of our friends who had attempted to do some ice climbing up in near Banff. Yeah, we wanted to ski. We wanted to ski another day, but after living in the car in those conditions, we were like super cold. And even in the car with no heater, we'd just be bundled up in jackets. So we met up with some friends, and they told us about this awesome hot spring that was near. I think it was little bit south of golden british yeah. columbia on the highway that goes down south, the so. continental divide so uh we drove there and it was a really nice hot spring i'm forgetting the name of it but it's uh it's do you remember what the name was? it's really easy to find it online was, and it's there's a parking area and a path down to it it's it's still natural and it's right next to a river but i think it's usually pretty crowded I think there's one thing that makes any hot spring stand out above all else. And that's if there's a cold frozen river right next to it, because there's nothing quite like going from a hot spring into a river that's flowing underneath the frozen ice. And there's just a little area you can hop into and refresh and then hop back in the hot spring. For me, that's like, it's like tapping into nature's energy. It's just so refreshing. I really like this podcast because it it allows us to go back. I don't think Chad and I really talked about this whole trip other than just little bits here and there. And just remember the times that we've had. um, Think about and appreciate, reminisce. Um, It's important. And it definitely, it gives you inspiration for future trips. um, And it helps you think about why you do what you do. So we've had some time to reminisce. Speaking of future trips, what are some future adventure goals you guys have planned? Backcountry skiing or not. Well, I mean, for backcountry skiing, I think the Fuhrer's Finger 
on Rainier is something that's been on our mind for quite a while. It's always in the back of our minds. Um, we both, I've climbed the, just the, the Camp Muir and then basically the Ingram Glacier on Rainier, but I did it slightly different variation than the normal one. Um, but what, uh, I went up the backside on the the Emmons Glacier. Glacier, It's a little bit longer route, but it's somewhat milder. Start from the white, white river, white river, white spring, something white river campground. And, um, but the, this Fuhrer finger that we want to ski is a classic. It's one of the most direct routes on Rainier starts at paradise and it goes up to panorama point. Uh, towards the Muir snowfield, but then it quickly cuts down to the Nisqually Glacier, across the Nisqually gl- Glacier. Um, and then you just kind of start heading start up the, up the face um, until you come under, you basically follow the Nisqually Glacier up and there's a, the, the Nisqually Icefall, which is really visible in a lot of pictures that are, you know, just out in public of Rainier. Um, you go around that up this, up this chute and uh, then just directly to the summit. And if you hit it at the right time, you can ski most of the way back down to the car. Um, could we offer Xander, could we offer uh, a few more uh, insights about backcountry skiing in general? Oh yeah, please do. Because I've had, uh, you know, there's a, we know there's a couple people on there's a decent amount of people on campus that are yeah, growing interest in uh, backcountry skiing. And uh, I, I heard that the coronavirus stuff is actually when all the resorts closed, people started buying a bunch of backcountry gear and trying to head out. Uh, definitely not in a very safe manner, but uh, we here's we have a couple insights to backcountry skiing. Um, one thing I'd like to say about backcountry skiing is that a lot of people see, you know, TGR, Teton Gravity Research films or um, stuff from Patagonia, North Face, or Solomon Freeski, uh, GoPro, Red Bull of, you know, just crazy endless powder runs on on spines and, you know, just amazing conditions all the time. And it took me a while to figure out uh, for backcountry skiing you're That's very rarely. rarely getting amazing conditions. That's the truth about it. So you, you've got to love it for, you've got to love the part of skinning up. Um, I, I think we've I mean, learned to love it. It's, it's pretty cool. It takes some technique. Um, but yeah, you're, you're never, it's not backcountry skiing. Isn't just, you know, jumping under the, the jumping out of the resort and then immediately you have untouched powder everywhere. Snow is pretty dynamic and is constantly changing. So we, there's areas I recently did a, a trip and, you know, most of the way up on one aspect, meaning one, uh, one direction based on uh, where the sun hits it every day. Um, you know, you're going up, almost solid ice for part of it. And then like a freeze crust with a little bit of soft snow on top, but then you get to the top of the, the couloir, the chute, and you know, now you're skiing in the chute and you have two feet of perfect snow for a thousand feet down. So uh, a lot of it depends on where the sun's hitting it and uh, the elevation. And Yeah. I think another thing to be really, I mean, 
there are so many different forecasting. There's Northwest Avalanche Center. Um, there's the Sawtooth Avalanche Center. Both of those are putting stuff out all the time. Um, I mean, just the Sawtooth, they just had an uh, earthquake um, a few days ago, and that they're out there seeing how that affected. I mean, it, it let off so many avalanches up there, um, and they're going and monitoring it, doing updated checks. I mean, check with them. And there's, there's no such thing as giving up unless a bad, like it's not bad to give up an objective if the conditions are unsafe. I mean, the whole goal is being out there, the experience. Um, you're not there for the run. You're not there for the summit. You're there to, I mean, enjoy the uphill. Like that's the best yeah. part in my opinion. Um, and it's a lot faster than snowshoeing. Oh yeah. A lot of people people wonder like, oh well, why don't you just put snowshoes on and then walk up, or or it's more efficient, or too. how how do you even go up with uh, skis? And basically, if you're not familiar with uh, backcountry skiing, um, you put these skins. They're just they have a rubber, basically uh, sticky surface on them that goes on the bottom of your ski, and then a sort of like a synthetic animal hair uh, made from nylon that has directional hairs on it. So you can slide the ski forward, but then it won't slide backwards. And that's what gives you traction. And then your bindings will release the heel. Um, the bindings will release the heel for the uphill and then your toes are pivoting. So then you're walking kind of just like with snowshoes, but you're on skis. So they're more streamlined. And you yeah, you, I mean, you're having the whole, and it's also great, like always go out with friends. Um, it's convenient for the skin track upwards because one person will break the trail and then all the people behind can follow kind of like a flock of geese that are going in the deep formation. Yeah. So basically the first person does the most of the work and you can swap out when you're in a team. And I mean, you're there for each other. You're your first line of defense. If anything happens, I mean, you're the first responders for your own buddies. Um, it's really important to do it with other people. Um, yeah, and I find it more fun with other people too. Yeah. Any skiing, I find more fun with other people. Um, as far as gear is concerned, if you really want to get into backcountry skiing and it's something you want to do a lot, uh, one of the so there's three main things besides the avalanche gear, just for the ski gear, you'll need uh, you know, regular ski poles, um, skis, a lot of normal ski models will work for backcountry skiing, um, but they'll be a little bit heavier. Uh, and then you'll need backcountry specific bindings and uh, skins. Um, but if you're going to do it a lot, both Ivan and I would recommend to get the what they call tech bindings or pin Absolutely. bindings. Um, Dynafit is the leading brand that has pioneered those. There's a whole bunch of other brands now, um, but they the technology in them now is is so good that. They yeah, I mean, function just like a normal resort binding when you're in downhill mode. Yeah, some people argue one way or the other. I wear, I use my tech bindings inbounds, touring all the time. Um, they've never let me down, and they're perfectly sturdy for what I do. Yeah, and they're they're just they're a lot more lightweight. Uh, they work. They're easier to use for backcountry skiing. So that's our. Yeah. recommendation and so honestly find someone or find a group um, look on facebook look on different um, mountaineering channels there are so many places to find other people that are willing to right. i guess 
take your hand and yeah. show you how to do I it. I found some really good groups on Facebook for different uh, for mountaineering for uh, backcountry skiing, uh, and you can usually find a group for your area, especially on the West Coast. Um, and they will have lots of insight and tips and partners and stuff. Thanks for that, guys. What recommendations do you have for people who are looking for ways to connect with the outdoors at a time like this when we've been asked to stay basically within our homes? That's a that's a good question. Um, it's tough because, I mean, you want to be outside, but so many of our places that we go to are now closed indefinitely, um, possibly through the whole summer. We don't know for sure. So I think a lot of it is focusing on what we can do, looking at seeing what gear we can get. Um, I know springtime is usually a great time to get winter sports gear as many things are on sale. Um, um, you can practice. You know, there's I some mean, outdoors if you're into, you know, climbing and uh, those you know, stuff related to climbing, working yeah. out. You can be building your muscle strength. Um, reading mountaineering freedom of the oh, hills yes. is great even for backcountry skiing that's a really helpful book i'm um, reading through that book get a piece of rope with you practice the knots that's really helpful learn a bit uh there's quite a bit of backcountry skiing that involves glacier travel so if you can get an intro to glacier travel from the books um and then be more familiar with it when you want to go out and take a, a course or go with some experienced people that is that's really helpful um i personally don't think it's good to be cooped up inside all the time of course right now um this is unprecedented so we are kind of having to be cooped up inside all the time but i still even with all the guidelines i don't see any problem with going outside for a short walk as long as you're not in contact with anyone and you know not um not touching all kinds of stuff and i mean for me i'll I mean, go in there at times, at times when other people aren't around, I'll go out in the evening sometimes or once it's dark and go and go for a walk, run um, something and look up at the stars while you're out there. Yeah. At least open your window and get some fresh air. And uh, to wrap it up, I have an ancient proverb for you. And that is, may your mountains be snowy and your climb sunny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Ivan and Chad. For more great As We Outdoors content, check out our I'd Rather Be Outside blog put together by Wills Hafner. Also, remember to check out our tech tips every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on our Instagram story and our backcountry cooking classes on Fridays. If you feel like you could use some support through the rest of spring quarter to stay active and motivated, sign up for our accountability partner program. We at As We Outdoors are here for you as we continue online for the rest of the quarter. If you have any questions or comments, please send us a message. Thank you. And I look forward to talking to you again next week on Trail Tales.